You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 11, brought to you by actionfigureblues.com. I'm Ben, and with me tonight are... Scott and Justin. We're three dapper chaps living in Australia who collect action figures, statues and other items from the worlds of comics and pop culture, and we like them so much we made this podcast just to talk about them. This episode, our toy of the week is the Bowen Designs Thor Classic Action Statue, and our discussion topic is, would you pay more for more? Gentlemen, how are we? What have we been up to this week? Justin, what about yourself? Pretty good week, actually. I, um, at the end of it, uh, secured tickets to the Prince. So I'm going to see Prince in May. Oh, very nice. Wow. Yeah, apart from that, a bit of a toy week as well. Got a bit of a, a shipment in of some la- later releases of uh, DCUC. So I've had a pretty good okay. week, actually. <laughs> so we're going to hear all about that in, uh, in our uh, acquisitions. Yeah, but it's pretty much what everyone already has. <laughs> so it'll be some old boring news for you all. Later releases <laughs> of the late DCUC. Correct. That's right. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Scott? What have you been up to? Yeah, good. I had my first week back at work after holidays, so pretty full on. But I've had a great weekend, actually. Um, I've been working on my custom for the AFB custom comp. I mentioned last week I bought a Dremel. And um, I dremeled today, and you were right, it is fucking horrible. Um, so <laughs> I, I only had little bits and pieces to do, thankfully, but I, as soon as it was over, I was like, okay, I have to have a shower now and, like, try and wash my eyes and my brain. And from all So this. who are you doing? Yeah. Not telling. <laughs> Not telling. And do you, do you still have all your appendages? All, uh, oh, I do, yeah. All... We were doing very light sanding. It was just a little, some little bits and pieces that needed to come off so yeah that's all good but um you know very funny story because i think as i mentioned before my my dearly beloved um understands my passion for these things but really has absolutely no idea what i'm ever talking about or showing her and you know still (laughs) still would struggle to pick aquaman out of a lineup you know and um i brought in my i mentioned that i was I'm going to be out in the garage using this little sander. And when I brought it back in, because then I needed to kind of wipe it off before I do a little bit of puttying, I just showed it to her. And so this is an action figure that has got lots of bits missing from it at the moment. And then it's all just been sanded to heck. And she, she <laughs> looked at it and gave that very encouraging voice and said, Oh, lovely. And are you happy with it? <laughs> and, and, and that's I, all you need. And I said, what? What do you mean? She's like, so is it finished now? (laughs) (laughs) I just said, almost. I I said, I love you, darling. Like, (laughs) thank you for being so encouraging. So I was like, I haven't even started. She was like, oh, I really can't tell. So I've I've taken a photo of this moment of of where it is right now when she said that, so that you can um, 
reference it later. Um, the, the thing I was actually <laughs> going to say, though, which has nothing to do with anything, my, my, the charming anecdote that I had ready, because I always prepare one, um, is that we have a birthday happening in our house in a couple of weeks, and I'm the designated birthday shopper. And so I spent today doing what I always do around birthday and Christmas time, which is I have this bad habit of I leave one thing on the birth- birthday list that I think is going to be really easy to find um, until last because I think, oh, that's going to be everywhere. So I can see it there, but I'm not buying anything else here because I didn't have the other stuff. So I'll just buy it, you know, when I find other things. And then, of course, what do I do? End up doing at the end, I end up running around trying desperately to find that thing. So that's the other (laughs) thing that I did today. But I've got a little bit of time, but (laughs) I never learn. Never learn. Good. At least it's not the last minute. No, it's not the last minute. I've, I've given myself a bit of time. Good on you. Good on you. And how about you? Yeah, so speaking, um, mate, speaking of customs, um, yeah, I, I have an almost similar story. And uh, I, I sit at a little sort of work desk thing in my um, my man cave working on my figures. And uh, I, I sort of listen to podcasts and music and that sort of thing. And my wife will just sort of pop in from time to time and sort of look over my shoulder at what I'm doing. And she'll always be sort of with this encouraging voice go, well, that's looking really, really good. And then I'll go, hmm. And then today I said to her, do you know what it would look like if it was really, really bad? And she said, absolutely not, but I'm just glad you're happy. (laughs) So so now she actually pops in and goes, so are you happy with it? And that's what I get for now. That's nice. Yes. So anyway. All right. Not much else to mention. So uh, let's let's get this show on the road with some articulated news. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. Now, we're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just the stories that relate to things we're interested in or they've captured our interest this week. So, guys, we've got quite a few things to talk about this week, but I'm actually going to kick things off. And did you guys see the Walking Dead blood-spattered variant two-pack from McFarlane? My eyes still hurt from the last (laughs) Walking Dead figures that I saw, so no. Exactly, yes. Look, I'm not going to spend any longer on this than it deserves because really... So we're moving on now? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to sum, summarise this and say um, you can't polish a turd. Uh, <laughs> it's, I just, you know, this series is obviously a complete fail. No is one that, has is had that from anything. Action research? Is, that, is that statement from Action Research? Like, <laughs> or just, it's just hypothesising. I'm hypothesising. Oh, I really, okay. I mean, you know, look, you can try and gold plate it. You can do whatever you like. Um, you know, this this series just flat out sucks. No one has had anything nice to say about them. So, you know, um, repackaging them as variants or whatever. I mean, seriously, um, what people are going to go? Oh, really? Oh, okay. They look so much better. Um, they they look dreadful even in the prototypes. So, oh, I just actually noticed in the the link that we're looking at uh, that. There's a there is a Shane figure, and it looks just as terrible as the ones that we've already seen. So, yeah, yeah, and they're often the prototypes. You know how quite often they they have that little bit more detail than what you end up sort of getting in your hands. So, um, yeah, look, I'm not even going to bother with those. So I'm going to move right on to Justin. <laughs> cool. I, just before we do that, I I do I do not understand. No, no. <laughs> no I, I, I don't understand. What made them decide to do them at that scale with such limited articulation? 
like you know if you if they'd gone the you know kind of six or seven inch route and put in a bit more detail and made them as posed as they are well that's one thing but to make them you know they, they look almost like just slightly upgraded versions of the little you know green plastic army men that i used to yeah. play with and bury in my dad's vegetable garden when i was a kid that yeah. they're just yeah. they are horrendous horrendous they're virtually a happy meal like a happy meal packing or something like that so anyway i'm gonna i'm gonna move us on so justin you're gonna give us some masters of the universe updates yeah masters of the universe classic the review or the release this month will be stinkor he is the evil <laughs> you know, we just finished talking about this walking dead yeah. <laughs> sorry yes, well, so his byline is the evil master of odors Okay. <laughs> Actually, a side note to this uh, this character is when the uh, old Filmation series was on TV, they wanted um, Filmation to have a stinkor as part of the the lineup and appearance in an episode. And Blue Schimer, who's the head of Filmation, just said, "Utterly no. There's no way. Just a walking fart joke." It, that's, 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 it adds nothing to the show. Can you imagine, like, He-Man? <laughs> he, Lou Schiamer's even saying, no, nah, this character's even too far out for uh, to put in filmation, <laughs> so there's no chance. <laughs> or Stinkle. He yeah. don't get no respect. No, he doesn't. However, seeing the, seeing the uh, link that I've provided there, or it's been provided, it's actually quite a well-done figure. We get uh, the, the variant heads, which is based on the idea that it's just a merman repaint. And we got uh, those two heads with the initial Merman um, release as well. A few added extra things is the air tank. He has a little hand control. He also has a, a gas mask, so he can't actually stand his own stink, which is uh, pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> we get that uh, the breastplate uh, now and the armor, which is also a redeco of Mechanic, even though we haven't got him in the original. They shared the same chest armor, so... Could be a good sign that Mechanic is maybe not too far away. Now, as the original, the this figure will be laced, or the the actual plastic has been moulded with patchouli oil. Now, I did a bit of uh, research, oh, of research on it. Yeah, and it is a bushy herb of the mint family, <laughs> and it's been used in uh, perfume for years and years. Now, if I grab my vintage stink ball off the shelf. Which is approximately, where are we? Thirty years, thirty years old, twenty-five years old, um, and I smell him. He still stinks. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. <laughs> I don't know what I've been breathing in all these years later. But actually, I'll pretty pretty much look forward to having Stinkor as part of the uh, the lineup. The only thing is, there's been a bit of contention with the forearms and the actual gloves. Itself, they are reuses of Skeletor's arms. However, if you look at the pictures, it looks like his arms are actually fitting into a glove instead of yeah. being erased. So I think, well, the the excuse from Mattel is that yes, this is all part of the design process because he used shared parts of other characters. We wanted him to make to make him look different. Okay, so okay. we're not admitting any accident. We're saying this is a deliberate thing done. So, I don't know. You can be the judge of that. We, Maddie's uh, past history will, will let you determine <laughs> your own decision about whether it was a stuff up or it was meant to be. But, you know, 
he's a pretty good character. He, the, the colors and so forth really work well. Yeah, you'd you'd have to hope that the the smell is something that is you know, I know his name is Stinkor, so you, you know you kind of expect it to stink, but you'd want it to be something that is reasonably okay. Because if you're standing this figure on your shelf in your room. Uh, in your man cave, you really don't want to walk in and have this room just stunk out all the time. Well, I mean, I think that um, if it's anything like the Moss Man scent, it's probably something that will fade pretty mm. quickly. You know, my Moss Man smelt pretty strongly of pine when I first got him, but he doesn't, you know, now. But I actually read a comment um, on Facebook from Daniel Pickett from Action Figure Insider saying that he left his advance copy of Stinkor alone in a room for a day, and when he came back, that the, the smell was really strong. So um, <laughs> you know, it definitely um, is you know, going to come with some smell, which is kind of fun as long as it wears off pretty quickly. Okay, yeah, good, so on, good on them, like I must say. Yeah, they get a bit of bashing here and there, but to to go, I guess, an extra length to include that, it's, it's a fun yeah. sort of accessory. Good on them for doing that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think the line is just amazing. But I think it's also something that I think we should revisit, uh, you know, in episode, oh, I don't know, 59 to see if um, <laughs> Justin's man cave still smells like <laughs> patchouli herb or something, patchouli oil. <laughs> All right. Very good. Okay. Well, moving on. Um, Scott, you've got some Hot Toys news. Yes, Hot Toys is pumping out the Avengers teasers and releases with great gusto um, and you know, pretty quick pace between the tease to the announcement to the item being up for pre-order and the one that's gone up for pre-order this week is Captain America. Um, now, the Avengers version of Captain America is one that I thought I may not um, be in for because I did get the original film version, but... The unmasked Chris Evans head on uh, this Avengers version is sensational. The, it, yeah. It's just stunning. stunning. I actually showed uh, the, a picture of the close-up of the head sculpt to my wife and um, said to her, does that look like a photo to you? And she was like, what? You mean it's not a photo? Like it just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's stunning. So, um, yeah, I, I I may have pre-ordered mine already. Um <laughs> <coughs> And uh, and then we got a tease for Thor as well today, so you know, th- and that that's one I'm definitely open to because I don't think that the Chris Hemsworth head on the original Hot Toys one is perfect. So if they can nail his Avengers look, I'll probably begin for that too. Yeah, this figure, wow. Um, (laughs) The closest I was going to come to the movie figures was probably the Hulk, depending on what he looks like. Um, Also, because I think he'll translate reasonably well, you know, to to being comic uh, accurate. But, wow, when I saw this figure, this Captain America, it is just gorgeous. And the fact that it comes with two shields and and it's just amazing. I guess I think we talked about this a few episodes ago when we first got, I think it was Nick Fury, and we were talking about the number of figures that they would probably be releasing and also the, I guess, the timetable for their release. And they're announcing these figures awfully close together, so I'm, I'm curious about how they'll ship. Um, I mean, we're talking a couple of hundred dollars a figure and, you know, you, you're not going to be wanting to buy one of these per week sort of thing. I uh, know. No, well, and even with the um, sideshow flex pay version, 
you know, I mean, how many different flex pays can you have going at once before your children have cardboard to eat for lunch at school? I'm not sure. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just noticed well, that link. Oh, sorry. It's on the link there. It says release date is the fourth quarter of 2012. So I don't know yeah. if that helps guys out of That means the middle of 2013, at least. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty much standard across the toy industry, toy and statue industry now. Yeah. So yeah, that that'll be interesting. I mean, speaking of that, the flex pay with sideshow. I was checking mine the other day, and I noticed when my um, I get billed on the twenty fifth of the month, and I actually have a number of things. Sort of one of them is finishing, one of them is starting, one of them is in the middle. And when I sort of did the calculation, it pretty much added up to what a uh, a premium format statue would cost me anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah, the idea of spacing it out is, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I am actually interested in an Australian official new hot toys reseller, which is called Animarket, and uh, I think they're based mm-hmm. in Singapore, Hong Kong, and Australia, and they have started advertising. And uh, I actually thought that I might give a go if I do decide to get Thor, um, just from them to see what that service is like, because they are offering free shipping within Australia. Um, the other thing that I think I mentioned briefly last week, but I, I visited our sponsor Pop Culture in the holidays, and they are doing a big grade of their upgrade of their website, and they will be adding a very similar payment plan option um, yeah. to, to their website like Sideshow does. And, of course, they do free shipping for items over $100 in Australia. So, um, yeah, I may not be beholden to Sideshow forever uh, for <laughs> for these things. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is exciting, and it's great that they're tapping into the excitement of the movie coming and getting these pre-orders happening now. Um, I've got yep. my ticket to go and see it on opening day. Um, so, cannot wait. Very exciting. Yeah, I have to kind of let the the, uh, the geek, the internal geek out and say I've had my tickets for Avengers for about three and a half weeks now. <laughs> oh, I just got mine today, so you win. <laughs> well, no, I, I was actually curious what session times were on, um, on because it starts um, for, for our foreign listeners. It actually starts on the 25th of um, April here in Australia. We get it about a week before the US. Hmm. And so I was just sort of checking, and when it said, you know, buy tickets now, I pressed the button to see what seats were available and in the um, the cinema that I like um, in our nearby cinema the entire back row was empty Ooh. so I, I did this sort of mad rush around with all the guys and um, ended up getting some tickets so yes. yeah and, and for good. our non-Australian listeners as well that date happens to be a public holiday which is Anzac Day which is our version of the American Veterans Day um, so it'll be interesting to uh um, see what that does to audience sizes, etc. I know that when I booked our tickets today for like a 3.30 session that um, a lot of the good seats were already booked. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Very exciting. Yeah, excellent. All right, All right moving on. Um, for those people who aren't aware, Mattel or Maddie Collector gives uh, fans the opportunity to submit questions through uh, a variety of forums. Action Figure Blues is now part of that, and we submit questions to Maddie for answering. But um, the latest round of questions were sort of fairly, question and answers were fairly generic. But one of them that actually stood out, I can't remember which uh, Ask Maddie it was, but one of the answers was that by San Diego, Maddie will expect uh, will expect to have announced not only all of the Club Infinite Earths 
2012 subscription figures, but also the first sort of handful of figures from 2013. So, um, yeah. Yeah, big, um, a lot writing on that. And, you know, we are getting messages from Mattel that they think that we're going to be happy with it. And hopefully, um, you know, they, they have obviously had a lot more time than those first sub figures last year. We know were repurposed figures, you know, for other things with the very sudden change in direction of the the line. Yes. Um, and the you know I've been basically happy with what they have announced since then. Um, in, in terms of the, the the Club Infinite Earths figures, so with even more time to prepare, they really do need to knock our socks off at this stage. And so I will give them the benefit of the doubt that that's going to happen until such time as it doesn't. <laughs> so if I if I look at the release date, we basically know up till September, um, but we know that Poison Ivy's been teased and Platinum and Tin as well. Yep. So that would Mirror Master, uh, Mirror Master. So it'd be Black December, Hand. January. So we're still owed two oversized uh, releases. Black, Black Mask. Black Mask. Oh, sorry, yeah. I said Black Hand. Yeah, Black Mask. Um, no, yeah. well, Rocket Red is one of the oversized ones, so we know that too. So we're still owed one more oversized figure. Okay. And then I think two regular figures. So there's still, you know, more time for them to um, do something exciting for this year and then get us excited for next year. And hopefully um, that, you know, that's going to take place. We shall see. Yeah. And I'm hoping that it'll uh, promise good things at San Diego because uh, certainly in 2011 they uh, announced the subscription, but they didn't actually announce a single figure. So we went in blind. So this time fans will actually have the opportunity to at least see a few of the figures um, or, or at least hear some names um, before committing to the to the subs. So, yeah, all right, we shall see. Moving on, though, um, Scott, you've got something else. I do, and this is not in the good news category. Biff Bang Pow, who are the people who have a number of licenses like Dexter and they used to do Lost figures, they did the Flash Gordon figures a little while back, um, they have the Venture Brothers license, they have produced a, a set of 8-inch Venture, Venture Brothers figures um, in the Mego style, um, which we've talked about before and we gave one away as a Comment of the Month prize at the blog. They showed a little while ago prototypes for a three and three quarter line Venture, Venture Brothers, which I have to say looked absolutely fantastic. And they said right from the start that the survival of the line was dependent on pre-orders and people actually taking it up. And they've now come out and said that they're not going to be able to uh, produce those as they had planned. They're going to go ahead with one initial figure, which will be a, a Brock Sampson figure, and but the the rest of the line that they solicited is not happening at this stage. So that's a bit of sad news. Please. And yeah. um, it, it also just, I think, raises a good point, going back to our discussion in the last episode about sometimes our expectations of what people should be able to produce. Because I, I listened to uh, Jason Lindsay, who is one of the hosts of a great podcast called The Geek Shell and Harry, um, and he is one of the guys from Biff Bang Pow, and he actually talked about this in the last episode of that podcast, and he uh, talked really frankly about just the numbers that they needed in order to be able to produce something, and it wasn't very big, but that they just did not get anywhere near the numbers that were required to produce that particular line, and he just, you know, 
it makes the point, I think, that we can sit back and say what toy companies should do, you know, what Mattel should be doing. And while on some accounts they certainly, you know, could do better, we don't have an appreciation of just how hard it is, I think, in this current market for these action figures to actually get made. Um, so, you know, it was a, a good little reminder to me listening to that, that, you know, I need to be temper my criticism with, the fact that, you know, I, I think it is a very difficult market out there at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. What a shame. Yeah, the solicits for Brock Sampson as a, a single figure are still out there. And if, if people like Justice League Unlimited, um, then I think that they would be quite interested in this line because it's got a bit of a, a similar styling to it. And I think they're now going to look at these as single figures. And if the Brock one does well, then they may be able to produce the other ones. So have a look at the Biff Bang Power website and, um, yeah, think about supporting them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Very good. All right. Well, that wraps up Articulated News. We'll be right back with the Toy of the Week. You can make them fly or jump or crash your wall. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. Each sold separately. Superman, Batman. These superhero action figures each sold separately. Batman, Superman, Incredible Hulk, and Spider-Man each sold separately by Mego. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. This week, Scott has the Toy of the Week, so over to you, Scott. Thank you very much, Ben. We have mentioned a couple of times in different episodes this piece in the acquisitions section, but it is definitely worthy of a Toy of the Week feature. Uh, this episode, I'm going to be talking about the latest Thor statue from Bowen Designs, and this one has the label, the classic action Thor statue. It is... Uh, a really impressive piece that has a number of features that we will go through. Bowen has done, obviously, a number of Thor pieces throughout the years. The first Thor piece that they did, going right back to the beginning, was a Thor bust in the days when the Bowen busts were armless. And they then produced a couple of different Thor statues with his classic gear. Um, the first one being one that many people would be very familiar with, which is uh, Thor standing on a ledge, raising his uh, hammer Molnir in one hand. Uh, I think you've got that statue, Ben, is that correct? I do. I think, it, yeah, it was about the third Bowen statue I bought. Okay. And um, there were two different versions of that. One was called the deluxe version that had a change o head, uh, which is something that Bowen doesn't do very often. Uh, then there was a more... Uh, what Bowen calls their museum pose, which is just that kind of, you know, planar pose, still in the classic uh, outfit, just on a fa fairly plain base. There's been two new busts done, one in his modern gear, one in the classic gear, and that was with uh, quite a, a big pose, big bust with both arms outstretched, and then most recently before this there was a new museum statue which was in his modern gear, which was basically an update of that museum pose statue before with just a slightly different angle. This is something dramatically different from any other Thor piece that Bowen has done. Um, 
they distinguish their pieces now in this either museum or action idea. We were actually chatting before the podcast about what that original statue was called, and it's just called the Thor Classic Statue. I think it's before they started making those delineations. But this is yeah. about as action as you can get. Uh, and for <laughs> anyone who hasn't seen it, and certainly we'll have a lot of pictures in the Enhanced Podcast, this is what's being called the Spinning Hammer version of Thor. And the reason for that is that uh, Bowen has produced this incredible effect of Thor spinning his hammer, Mjolnir. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit in detail about how they've accomplished that in a moment. But first of all, just some stats about the statue. It is 19 inches tall. Um, it is quite a wide statue. I don't actually have a measurement on how wide, um, but I'd say that we'd be looking at almost about the same as the height because the cape um, of Thor's is flowing uh, out at quite an angle. Um, it is a statue that's going to take up a fair bit of display real estate, and I actually yes. have not managed to work it into my collection yet. The the <laughs> Bigger pieces of mine that often start out sitting up on top of my display shelves until I work out who has to move or go away to fit them in. And uh, I've had Thor for quite a few weeks now, and he's not made it. Um, he, he made it off the buffet. I mentioned when I first got him that um, I usually unpack my statues onto the buffet in our house, which is in kind of one of the main thoroughfares. And normally, you know, I would get in big trouble if I move those pieces um if i didn't move those pieces right away but thor actually hung around there for about a week and that's a testament i think to just how good this piece looks because even my dear wife who um as we've established early in the episode can't tell a uh finished action figure from a sanded to hell action figure <laughs> um even even she was able to you know look at this and really appreciate the the artistry of it but um, I haven't found a place to actually fit him into the display yet because of the size that he uh, takes up. He's standing on a very big base. Now, I was going to ask you, Ben, because I know that you have this uh, piece as well and that you blame me for having it. Um, Indeed. Yep, I've changed <laughs> my, uh, my mind on that. <laughs> um, the, the base is really fascinating. There's some you know, kind of there's rocks and uh, boulders, but then there's a big skull. And I was wondering, do you think that that's meant to be like a frost giant skull? Or? It is. Okay, yes, it is. Cool. Yep. So yep. Th there is, it's official now, there is a frost giant skull. <laughs> in the, in this base, um, which is fantastic looking, and there are other bits of frost giant armor in the base as well. There is a shield um, that's damaged and broken, and then there's also a sword which actually comes as a separate piece. And I have to confess that I had to look up a couple of photos on the internet before I could work out how to properly insert my sword <laughs> um, in, into the base because I, I didn't... Who were misses. So... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, just, uh... <laughs> That's a classic. Said the actress to the bishop. <laughs> uh, uh, let me rephrase that. I had to uh, um, look up a couple of images about the angle at which this sword goes into the base of the statue uh, because I could the opening was not particularly apparent to me. Once I saw no. where it was supposed to go, I don't know if you had any trouble with it, Ben, but... Um... Um, I, yeah, look, I mean, you, you see... <laughs> 
Um, look, oh, people, dear. I got to see photos of this statue, and uh, you're obviously, you know, to to really grasp the size of the base, you have to see it. It's it, it is huge and it's detailed. So yes, I, I took this loose sword out, and I'm just kind of holding it, going, "There's so many." protrusions and angles and uh, there's just so much happening on this base that um yeah i actually had to sit there and sort of slowly spin the base around to work out exactly where it went and yeah like mm-hmm. you said once it once you know you know yes. it's obvious but um uh, and I, I have to say I, I love the internet because as well as being able to find you know answers to these sorts of things you also get to read just the bizarre stream of consciousness of people because when i went and just you know did a little search for the spinning hammer thor base and sword i got people saying oh mine's broken it's got a sword the sword's broken off and the end's broken (laughs) and because it comes it's not a fully uh pointed sword because it is meant to insert into the base so um at least i knew that mine wasn't broken i knew that it was <laughs> meant to go in there somewhere um, but it's a really nice touch and it's something i guess you could choose to display it without um, but it's always nice when you have those options but incredibly detailed base um randy bowen has sculpted this himself and he has done an incredible job the Gear is Thor's classic gear, which remains my favorite, although I, I don't mind the modern uniform. I think that it, you know, it translates well to the comics and it's a good update, but I, I still obviously love you know that, that classic gear, and he's done a fantastic job of bringing it to life. As I said before, what he's done with the cape and the way that it, uh, it, it's obviously flying in the wind and the creases and the way that it furls really is incredible and just adds so much. But the highlight of this piece is uh, the spinning hammer. Now, this is actually an option. It does come with a regular hand with just the the hammer in it without the spinning uh action i I really cannot imagine why you would um not use it because to me it just is the making of the piece but uh he's accomplished this incredible effect whereby milner is obviously swinging in a circle and he there are different degrees of translucency in all of the different hammers that exist within the circle. Um, I should have actually done a little bit of research beforehand to count, but I believe that there are 12 of them. But I'm just going to do the great little count now. Sing, sing amongst yourselves, everyone. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Oh, there's... Oh, damn it. Which one did I start with? There's... <laughs> Start with the one that's not transparent. <laughs> well, that's what I did, but then I couldn't... Okay, yeah, hold on. One, two, three, did I include that one or didn't I? 13. Okay, there are 13, not 12. Um, as I said, different degrees of translucency, both in the um, handle of Mjolnir and then in Mjolnir itself. And uh, it, the it's a solid piece the wheel in which you know Mjolnir is spinning around is a solid, mostly translucent piece, and the hand, Thor's hand that's attached to the strap of Mjolnir, is uh, part of the uh, removable spinning hammer piece. So when you take it off, the fist comes off as well, and then there's a fist attached to the non-spinning Mjolnir. Um, it is a stunning piece. It's actually not very heavy, which I was 
surprised by just that piece itself is i mean it's got a bit of weight to it but it isn't um super heavy it's not gonna fly off in a hurry uh but look i th this is if if this doesn't get mentions at the end of the year in terms of you know statue of the year etc i will be highly surprised the the effect is amazing Ben, I'll take a yeah, breath so that you can say what you think. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, uh, you know, I don't need to go over and over again that, that Thor and Cap um, are my favourite characters, but when the statue was announced that, that Randy was working on a new um, action Thor, I was somewhat interested because I already have an action Thor, and so I, I just kept an eye on it to see how it was going, and I believe it was actually one of the um, one of the users on Statue Marvels who actually said, you know, what would be really cool is if Thor's hammer was actually spinning around, like you had this effect, and everyone sort of, you know, joked and said, well, you know, how would you accomplish that? And um, I think without actually saying much, Randy went off and, and talked to one of his guys, and the guy actually did a template in, in sort of a digital template. Mm. Um, and from there, they, they printed something just to give it a bit of a test. Mm. And uh, before we knew it, Randy had actually come back and said, well, you know, we gave it a go and we think it's doable. Yeah, I, I remember when and, that thread went up at Statue Marvels and him saying, you know, so uh, if we did this, what would you think? And, of course, people just went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> And I believe he did the same thing with the base too. He he actually said to fans, "Look, you know, if if I do this with the interchangeable hands, it it actually causes the price to go up. So, um, if I do a a complex base, the price goes up again. Um, you know, would you prefer a complex base?" And then people said, "Look, this effect is going to be so fantastic that to have him on a boring base um, would kill the piece. Look, just." just do the detailed base and then people started throwing around things and i'm sure one of the the users actually sketched out the frost giant base and said you know having yeah. him on like a a dead frost giant and and really um it's, it's a testament to randy's interaction with oh, his fans absolutely this came together yeah. um i've, I've yeah. not spoken before about how well he does that but i i don't know of any company out there that is doing a better job of being so interactive uh, with the fans. And obviously it's in his best interest that to find out whether or not people are going to, you know, buy something and, and what people prefer. But the, I think that they're also, to me, it communicates a degree of humility um, in yep. that, you know, I mean, he's an incredibly talented person. He would be well within his rights to be locked away and, you know, be making these great pieces and people could just take or leave it if they didn't like it. But, uh, you know, I think he's, he's, he's obviously, <laughs> but, you know, he's obviously, he's really interested in the fans, interested in, you know, what people have to say. And he, um, never dismisses anyone's ideas. Um, you know, he can't obviously use them all, but, you know, he never responds negatively to, you know, some of the silly comments. Cause I mean, while, you know, the spinning hammer was, uh, you know, an amazing thing there were a couple of people that that made comments saying oh it's gonna you know what makes sense i don't think it'll make sense it'll look like he's spinning 13 hammers um you know that that sort of thing which is clearly not the case um but you know he to me there's just obviously a degree of humility in this guy that he can put you know with such incredible talent put it out there for the great unwashed to you know comment on in any fashion um it is a, a real testament to him i think 
Yeah, and I mean, something else that I really liked about this statue is a lot of people may not notice, particularly if you're uh, only just getting into Bowen statues and this is one of your first, but Randy does take into consideration um, previous statues that he has done. And what I found out very quickly when I was looking at ways to pose my statue is Thor is kind of up on this, this sort of huge base, but he's actually looking down um, and he actually lines up very, very well with the SmackDown Hulk, as yes. it's referred to. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and I've got the SmackDown Hulk, which for people who don't know, it's the Bowen Hulk statue where the Hulk is sort of enraged and he has his fists up above his head as if he's about to sort of Hulk smash. Um, and these two guys, they just line up perfectly. Like Thor is sort of pointing at the Hulk, you know, hammer spinning, ready to go. And it just, uh, it's superb. Absolutely superb. Uh, the other thing that I should mention as well is that I actually got uh, this piece through the Statue Marvels website. They do have a, a store there, which really, I think, has been set up to help people. The, the guys don't make a profit from it, the guys that run it. It's been set up to help uh, people who can't access things through previews, but then also for the web exclusives, which are only yep. offered in the US, which is part of Bowen's contract with Marvel. Um, they help out all of us international collectors who would be stuffed without them. And But this was actually a special uh, project whereby they were able to get a certain number of the signed by Randy Bowen himself. And so my statue is a signed copy um, of, of Randy's. Um, this is a fairly large edition size for Bowen uh, these days. The edition size is 2,750, so 2,750, mm. um, which by, by Bowen standards, you know, when they first started, uh, wouldn't be a particularly big run but these days i haven't seen one like that for quite some time it's not unusual no, right. um to see some of the statues to be around the kind of 500 mark these days um so big edition size but obviously um a piece that you know quite a few people are going to want and i suspect it's going to be one that will uh be going for a good price in the secondary market in a short amount of time just because it's the kind of thing that is likely to draw in people who aren't already buying Bowen because it's so fantastic. I really love the head sculpt of this as well. There was a bit of discussion about that uh, when this was being mooted and there were a couple of different versions of it, I think. Um, one perhaps where he looked a little bit older or you know, I'm not sure what the, the discussion was about. I, I think that he looks fantastic. There's, you know, he's got a, a fierce expression. He's got a, you know, an open mouth, which um, works here. Unlike some of the uh, DC Universe classics, open, <laughs> open mouth for no reason editions. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, it's just an impressive piece. Paint is flawless on mine as well. You know, great choices. Um, the red, which is often a tricky color. Um, you know, there is a wash that's been used on it, but it, it doesn't take, it, it just adds depth. It doesn't take anything away. The, the colored, uh, silver discs on his classic costume have got a bit of a blue wash on them. So it adds that depth and, uh, it is just fantastic in every regard. Yeah. Uh, my paint is also flawless. Um, the, the, 
red is a difficult colour uh, to paint, and so the that sort of darker tones that they get in the recesses that um, they've used once again, um, I think you commented about it with Giant Man, uh, it's very complimentary yeah. and that doesn't sort of overpower it at all. Um, it does look good. Um, the only thing with this statue um, that I find odd, and I still don't know how I feel about it, is the fact that the base is actually hollow. Okay. And I just, uh, that's really peculiar. Mm. Um my understanding is that is something that Bowen is starting to look into as a uh, an opportunity to keep the costs down, but also the um, the shipping costs as mm, well. Mm. That was so, actually discussed. Mm. I, I have heard this. Uh, sorry, I guess read this discussed in a couple of different places, and they did. Randy Bowen did say very specifically that it was about the overall cost, but also the shipping weight. Um, yeah. For this, because obviously it's not just the shipping weight that, that we're paying, but it's the shipping weight that they're paying to get these pieces from the factory, you would assume, in China, um, yep. over to the States to then ship these out. So, you know, I can, I can understand it from that perspective. I, I, I don't find it... Um, it's not particularly light. You know, I don't... I'm, I'm too scared to take Thor apart from it to, to test it right now because <laughs> you don't want to hear me cry oh. if I break the toy of the week while I'm discussing it. That would, that would be bad. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the, the, the weight certainly is noticeable for me. I've got uh, a few statues with very heavy bases, um, and so you, I, I noticed it as soon as I took it out of the box, uh, and then I found myself sort of tapping the bottom of it, and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how we sort of approaches future figures. I know the the Hulk museum statue that's currently in production, um, Randy hasn't decided if he's going to be hollow because he is such a big statue. Okay. Uh, he was concerned about the weight. So, yeah, I don't know. And I know I was talking to a guy at my local comic shop who has um, commented that a, a number of statues that he has from Bowen that he actually thinks are hollow. Um, one was actually the Jocasta statue he was convinced oh. that that was hollow and i said look i didn't have it but i knew someone who did so do, yeah. but yeah something to keep an eye on i guess and just yeah I don't, I don't know i still don't know how i feel about that um yeah i mean yeah you know if you had a what if you I, had a large statue, why does it matter i don't i don't, I don't understand why it matters um, well, look, I just think that, you know, originally they were billed as porcelain statues um, and what it is, the product that Bowen uses is actually resin with porcelain dust mm-hmm. um, added to it. And so it, it felt like you were getting this ceramic porcelain statue and I guess, um, you know, I've, over the years you get these solid statues and now that they're hollow and it's like, hmm, does that feel cheaper to me? I don't know. What if, what if I got a hollow statue with a really bad paint job? I mean, he'd be, he'd be you know, one slot in the back of the neck away from being a, uh, you know, a money jar kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah but, I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, not, I'm, yeah, in, I'm neither here the nor there. since you, you know, got those initial solid bases, the US dollar has weakened, production prices have greatly increased, and mm-hmm. oh. so do you want to be paying $500 just so that you can have a solid base that matches up with the ones that you used to have? No, I've been there, done that. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, just, I just don't get it. Oh, no, look, I didn't say I was against it. Uh, I'd said I, I hadn't actually made a decision. I'll just sort of see how things go and how future pieces... Um, I mean, I was actually going to go and revisit my Giant Man statue because he's packed away at the moment just to sort of see um, if he was hollow at all. But, um, mm. yeah, look, overall, um, for me personally, uh, if Bowen 
someone has done a better statue. Um, I can't think of it right now. No. Uh, like I said, I will be fully expecting um, this to, to crop up later on in the year. Bowen doesn't always get a look in in some of the best of uh, lists and, you know, things like the poppies, etc. Um, you know, are obviously they're just because of the the small number of people that are collecting them compared to some of the stronger and more popular lines. Um, but this, I think, is the kind of piece that has the potential to cross over to other collectors who may not be keeping a close eye on Bowen just because it is so visually striking and it's so different. So hopefully that will bring some people into Bowen collecting who aren't doing it normally so that they can keep making more for me. That's right. And that's what it's about. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what it's all about. All right. Well, wrapping up the toy of the week, um, if you had to give this a rating out of zero to ten dollars, what would you give it? It is. This is a ten dollar piece. This is a wow. this is a ten ten dollar plus. I cannot. I, I mean, I did when I was writing my notes before. I did say if I, you know if I was going to have to find some fault, I have the teeny tiniest little smudge on the uh, translucent spinning bit of Mjolnir, which, which I don't think anyone would notice when they were looking at it, but at first I thought, oh, I'll just wipe that off, but it is actually in the mix there, but I cannot take any, you know, points. I'm not like, you know, the cold-hearted Justin who can't, can't give things 10 just because, you know, he's mean. mean. No, I only do that so they lift their game so they can never uh, rest That's on right. their laurels. Okay, well, yeah. Ran Randy, if you're listening... Um, when, it, when it comes to filling Christmas stockings this year, just remember that I gave you a ten, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and I really want my Monaco Rambo. Do, do her before Shang Chi, please. Uh -huh. Good time to uh, finish off this segment, I think. <laughs> now you, you do realise this is about the um, probably the third or fourth ten out of ten we've done, so we have to make a note to uh, review some crap in the future. So. Well, I hear there's some new Walking Dead figures coming out. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. we'll just have to draw straws as to who's going to buy them. <laughs> that's right. We, we give this minus $1,000. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, Scott. So My pleasure. That wraps, up the toy. <laughs> that wraps up the toy of the week. When we come back, we'll be talking about new items that we've added to our collections this week. And the heavily armored evac fighter. Send in the Marines. Blast them. Yeah. And bottle them. And it's bye bye bug. Each sold separately. Aliens. Well, we're all here because we collect. So feeding the addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. So I think I'm going to start with Justin. My collection or collecting habits are a bit different from everyone else. I have a, a friend who lives in Texas. And he basically stockpiles uh, figures for me. I think I mentioned a couple of times before on the show. And he will send a big box of goodies once, uh, sorry, a couple of times a year. And I had to make a list of all the things I've got this week. I'm not, not bragging at all. <laughs> Maybe you can break it up over a few episodes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> We've got uh, Green Lantern Classic Series 2. Uh, oh, Batman wow. Legacy figures, yeah. This we is got... like, you know. 
last year's figures. <laughs> yeah, they are. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Batman with Batmite. So it's a Kmart exclusive one. Oh, I but... never got that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, we have the Catman figure. Uh, we have Catwoman in the purple and green. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Lot, yeah. And the following uh, DC Waves, 15, 16, and they're dreaded. Was it 17, the one everyone hates? <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep a track with it. <laughs> uh, th- oh, did, did that come out? Is that the <laughs> I, I got it for anti-monitor? Oh. And the rest <laughs> will, will be... <laughs> will be used for fodder. That's okay. We're still, we'll still talk to you, Justin, at, least, <laughs> Thank you, at yeah. least on the show, but the breaks could be a little bit awkward now. I'm, just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm doing my bit to okay. make the line go stronger. Yeah. So, okay. That also, worked out well, uh, didn't it? <laughs> it did. <laughs> uh, Titanium Man as well. From the, I think, released around the same time as Iron Man 2 came out. Oh. Uh, we, oh, we already had the yes. classic. We already had the, um, sorry, the modern, the small little... Uh, greyish green one, but this is the Titanium Man, the one that wasn't didn't see a really wide release. Um, yeah, the five foot fella. Yeah, I got him, but I got, now I've got the um, the classic Titanium Man. As as I when I read comics anyway, that's this is my representation yep. of him. Okay. Still after a Crimson Dynamo, but I think that'll this will probably do me yeah. for a while. Yeah. Collecting toys. Yeah, <laughs> just, man, that's quite the stash. It is. I'm frantically uh, rearranging things. I'm just. I may need to move house. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any more. <laughs> oh, so does it? Um, does it ever sort of? You know, do you, do you find yourself sort of chomping at the bit and and tempted to email him and just say, just send whatever you've got? Oh no, he's he's. I'm quite patient. Um, the the thing I like, he sends it through. Uh, uh, USPS, so I can always yep. keep a track of it and find yep. it. Often takes longer to go through customs than it does to actually uh, travel from Texas to Australia. <laughs> yeah, it was actually opened by customs this time, so I wonder what they thought when they uh, wow. had a look inside. <laughs> I just that's incredibly yeah. patient on your part. Like, there's absolutely no way that I could do that. You know, I mean, I justify my impatience by, well, you know, I, I run a, a review website, so I have to have them in a, a somewhat timely fashion. But that, that's all just to cover for that I'm just incredibly impatient and, and have to have it now. So I, I take my hat off to you. Well, thank you. I'm going to try and post picks up on uh, the forum this week if I get enough time to do everything. But uh, yeah. DCUC is all set up and Marvel Legends... Actually, I had a thought about what Ben said a few weeks ago about why do I really need six Wolverines on the shelf? So I've done a bit of <laughs> oh, no. I've done a bit of culling here and there. Uh-oh. The shelves are still overflowing, so don't worry about that. But I've gotten rid of well, not rid of I got I put them in a box, wrapped them up in uh, paper towel, and closed them and sent them downstairs like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, when the Covenant's <laughs> going to the big warehouse. <laughs> so it looks like that downstairs at home. <laughs> so, so you've got uh, yeah, got quite a bit to update on your collection thread on the forums, and we look forward to that. Thank you. I'll try it. Like I said, I'll try and get it done this week. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, good stuff. All right. Uh, what about you, Scott? Uh, certainly not as much as Justin. <laughs> um, but I did. I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I'm on a birthday shopping expedition for my youngest uh, child, and so of course, if I'm gonna, you know, have to go into toy stores and things, then uh, totally by accident, I'm going through the, the action figure 
Isles, of course. Uh, but I actually yeah, came, of yeah, of course. But I actually came across uh, today um, Captain America figures on clearance at Toys R Us, and I just had a bit of a half-hearted uh, dig through the bin and found a U.S. agent figure, which I had never saw at retail here while those figures were out. Um, so I picked one of those up just because that's one of the Captain America comic series figures that I never had. Um, yep. And But other than that, I have mentioned that I am working on picking up some of the older DC Direct statues, and I got a couple in the last week or so, one of them from a, a really dodgy uh, seller um, called Fish Milkshake. I don't know. If you, yeah. oh, I told you not to buy anything off that guy. <laughs> don't listen to me anymore. No, our, our dear friend Ben was um, uh, offering some things for sale at the forum, or the Action Figure Blues forum, I should say, and I got the DC Direct Kyle Rayner statue back when they gave the full-size statue treatment to a wider range of characters. And uh, it's a really interesting one to look at because um, it, it definitely gives you an idea of how far statue production has come. Um, since that, like, it's great to have you know, paint and, and that sort of thing is you know a mile away from where they are now. Um, but it is actually, I believe part of a set, isn't it? There's, uh, there's other ones that go along with it. So, yay. Uh, <laughs> um, so yes, it's one of three. Okay. Yep. I actually have not successfully got it on the base yet. I'm going to have to ask for a tutorial cause I just was fiddling around the <laughs> angle. Oh my gosh. And I kept thinking, I don't think he's meant to be like pointing towards the ground. There must be something wrong here. So, um, no, no, he, he's actually, it looks like he's almost horizontal. Okay, cool. He, Really, yeah. yeah, it's it's very it's because the two that are behind him are standing upright, so oh, okay. they sort of had to lean him forward so you could see the ones behind. I understand. So yeah, I've taken it. You know, it's it, I, I really enjoy kind of chasing up these more obscure pieces because some of them are very easy to find on eBay. Some are very difficult, and uh, I took uh, probably about three years all up to assemble the three-piece Young Justice DC Direct set which is a similar idea to this one i finally got all of those so now i'll start on the green lantern one the other one that i got is one i'm really excited about and that is uh one not quite as old as the carl rayner statue but it is the atom um on batman's hand i don't yeah. know if you've ever seen yeah. that statue but i yes, have yes. looked at that on ebay time and time again and watched it go for way more money than I can, you know, justify. And uh, actually in the school holidays, a uh, Australian seller, a seller in Sydney, had it up for uh, bid, like for auction, and uh, it ended up going for the starting price. Um, wow. I know, nobody, which was really reasonable, really reasonable. Like I've yeah. I've seen this go for three, easily 350 400 um, a number of times, and I got it for under $100. Um, oh, so, yeah, so sorry, eBay seller, whoever you were. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, that, that's life on eBay. So I'm I'm so psyched because it's just, it, and it is everything that I had hoped. It's fantastic. And I'll definitely be sticking that one up for a review sometime at the forum and taking some pics. So, yay me. Excellent. Yeah, that was um, that was a phase DC Direct went through where they started to actually do um, sort of detailed bases, like character-driven bases, 
they had the Flash statue where he was standing on the body of Gorilla Grodd and yes. they had a Hawkman where he was sort of coming up through the clouds yes. and that sort of thing. Yeah, that was some good stuff at that time. I tell you what, there are there are some fascinating you know, pieces out there from way before I started collecting and I'm just kind of slowly working on it. It's kind of, you know, it's too expensive to go out at any sort of pace so you've got my save searches happening and um you know i've got my current grail which i'm not going to even talk about because i don't want anyone else to start looking for it um but yeah um you know it's i kind of it's nice to be able to slowly tick those off as the budget and the you know ebay luck gods allow so all, all good very exciting yeah fantastic what about you ben well, I have an interesting one this week. Um, we, you know, as you just mentioned, Scott, we have certain things that we're always looking for. And like uh, once, well, that's right. That's right. When in all my, the wrong <laughs> yeah. uh, let's not talk about microphones moving right along. Uh, what? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, there's a bit of an inside joke there, people. We'll explain it one day, the Scott's embarrassment. But, um, no, look, we, we do have those items that we look for. And um, as I've mentioned in the past, I hung in there for a long time on my I am not going to buy hot toys. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been well and truly shattered now. <laughs> but, of course, it also meant that I came very late. And I missed out collecting. on it. That's, that's right. Okay, yes. cool. Oh, no, it's going to be a bad night, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand the joke. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> um, yes, look, anyway, moving on, uh, oh, trying to be dear. professional amongst um, professionals. Kids to bed, people, uh, this just isn't fit for them. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One of the figures um, I missed out on was the uh, Hot Toys Hellboy figure. And uh, if you've ever checked on eBay, it goes for an obscene amount of money. Um, just, you know, to the point where I actually don't even search for it very often anymore because when it, one does come up, it's in the vicinity of 500 you know, US dollars. But, um, yeah, look, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting at work and my phone buzzed and it was, it was Andy, as in co-host Andy, and he sent me a message and said, hey, check out this link. So I did, and it was a seller in, in good old Hong Kong selling what appeared to be a Hot Toys Hellboy with a, a buy-it-now price of $160. And I thought, gosh, you know, that's very odd. You haven't, um, you haven't looked at eBay before you've listed that item. <laughs> and so I was looking at it, and then the first thing I noticed was that the, um, the box wasn't actually the same as the actual box um, of the original figure. It was a really nice black box with the... Um, uh, if people are familiar with the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defence logo, which is kind of a hand holding, you know, the um, hilt of a sword. Yep. Uh, and when you actually take the cover off, the the interior was exactly the same as the Hot Toys figure. And I was looking at all the photos and looking at what was included, and then I went to the Hot Toys um, website, uh, sorry, the Sideshow website to sort of check it, and everything looked exactly the same. And I thought, well, this is really weird. Now... We we are familiar with our Chinese friends who sell loose action figures. I know a lot of G.I. Joe and Star Wars collectors build up um, 
you know, do their get their army builders through these guys. And um, my understanding is they they do it a number of ways. Um, one of the the deals is that when they produce action figures for a company, um, the deal is they agree to do say five thousand units a day at X price, and then what they do is they say, and we get to run the you know the the um, machines for an extra hour and produce stuff for ourselves, which we promise we won't sell in the American market and because they're getting them so cheap, you know, the the company says, yeah, sure, do whatever you like. And, of course, the other one I think is that, you know, every 20th figure is supposedly um, fails quality control and goes into a bin and then they just get sold on eBay. Mm. So I was a little bit dubious about the figure and I, my finger hovered over the button and I thought someone's going to see this and beat me to it. Um, but I couldn't do it in the end. And so I ended up sell, uh, sending the seller an email and said, look, you know, is this the Hot Toys figure? Because it looks like the Hot Toys figure, but it's not the same. The box is different and, you know, a few other things. The guy actually got back to me within about 10 minutes and he said, look, we're not, we're not listing this as a Hot Toys figure. He said, however... The where the people who made the figure are the people who actually made the machines for the factory that produces the Hot Toys figures. Oh, and so he dun, actually dun, used dun. yes, and he used the term OEM. So I jumped online and had a look, and OEM stands roughly for um, I think it's uh, Original Equipment Manufacturer. And so, basically, the most common version of this practice is, um, I think you'll find, you know, if you go into, um, you know, how sometimes a company like Kelvinator who make refrigerators, they will actually make refrigerators for another company, mm -hmm. like a supermarket, um, without any badges, and then that company will actually put their own badges on the Kelvinator fridge and sell it under their own logo. Yes. And that's the, the normal definition of OEM. So I thought, look, the figure was $160, and I thought, I'll just take a chance and see what happens. So I pressed the button, and the figure <laughs> the figure arrived yesterday. Now, I'm sure you're busting to know. Mm -hmm. um, I obviously don't have a Hot Toys Hellboy figure to compare it to, but um, it's also one of those figures that comes on a seamless body. Um, I also don't have a Hot Toys seamless body figure to compare it to. He's the only one I've got that's, that's seamless. But everything about the figure looks spot on. Um, wow. The, I mean, again, it's hard because all I can do is compare it to pictures, but it comes with everything the original came with, um, the, the detail on, on things like his belt buckle, um, his weapons, everything is absolutely spot on. He comes with three separate heads. Um, the only thing I, I've noted that seems to be a bit different is one of the original heads uh, for the Hell, the original, sorry, the Hot Toys Hellboy figure is one of the heads actually has the cigar. And um, this particular head doesn't have the cigar. And that really is the only difference that I can spot. So, um, wow. so yeah, I... I can't call it a, a hot toys Hellboy figure, so I'm going to start calling it my not toys Hellboy figure. <laughs> so, I, I, so, mean, you I know. think the, the, the phenomenon is more common than what we realise. I mean, there was last year there was quite a big hoo ha about a bunch of uh, hot toys Wolverines that were being sold that were 
knockoffs. The Hot Toys actually had to come out and say, these are not ours. You need to check your your Wolverine and make sure that what you're buying, if you're buying it from you know, these certain regions of the world, um, double check and make sure that you're actually buying the real thing because, you know, people were, uh, you know, someone had gone back to the presses and produced more of these that were almost the same, selling them on eBay for the huge prices that a Hot Toys Wolverine goes for, which I think is um, two kidneys and a portion of a liver. And, um, and but they were fakes so yeah so yeah. but but hey don't worry because if you if you're not 100% happy with um your not toys hellboy i just found one on ebay for you um for the very you know reasonable sum of uh $1200 and f- <laughs> sorry sorry i'll be more specific 12 $1205.05 Wow, that's yes. that's a really expensive cigar. <laughs> but you know, if, if if authenticity is that important to you, then you might you know might consider it. So. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, to be fair to this figure, look, I, I don't agree with the practice, and I'm not endorsing people to no, counterfeits. No, 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 no. I have no morals whatsoever, so I don't feel guilty. <laughs> um, I mean, people, the dude doesn't even wear pants. Okay. Yeah, so, well, that's you know, exactly right. You can't expect someone who lives a pantsless life to, you know, have scruples about you know, not toys. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm nodding my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm defending. I'm defending. You. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. What is what interesting? Oh, I just said not all nudists are weirdos. Uh, yeah, I don't think that applies in this instance. But yes, you, you, you could be right about that. <laughs> I don't know the story about the Wolverine figure, but there is nothing about this figure that actually uh, pretends to be a Hot Toys figure. There mm. is no Hot Toys logo or, or of any kind anywhere. Right. Um, it's just simply a really – it's actually quite a nice, heavy black cardboard box. Yeah, th- these were actually being produced as Hot Toys knockoffs. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, okay. so big, big deal, big deal. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's fair enough. If you were paying for one thing, expecting something, and yeah. Well, they, they go for fair. between four and five hundred dollars on eBay. Yeah. So look, I, I knew what I was getting myself into when exactly. I pressed the button. Um, so I don't have any doubts. Look, the the guy that was selling it also. I mean, he has an online store. He you know he has, I think about sort of twelve hundred items in his store. He sells all manner of six inch figures and that sort of thing. So he wasn't just one guy with ten figures trying to make a quick profit. Um, he was one guy with many figures trying to make a quick profit. So, <laughs> <laughs> which is totally different. <laughs> yeah. And what I might do is uh, I'll dig him out and uh, take some photos and I'll put them on the forum, obviously, so you can see sort of some larger figures, but also include some for the interactive podcast. Uh, and you can decide for yourself if you can sort of see any uh, any major flaws or otherwise, but I certainly can't. Great. All right. Well, if no one has any other items to report, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this bizarro world? Well, Red Carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail of an action figure, or worse. And handing out the penalty this week, it's a bit of a combination, but uh, I'm going to hand it over to you first, Justin. 
Okay, this week the red card goes to the DC Signature Collection Atrocitus. Now, we want to be specific here that we're not actually bagging on the figure because it's pretty well sculpted and it looks quite nice. And it's but not out so. no. Oh, yeah, from the pictures I can see. <laughs> so what we would like to talk about, or I guess give the red card to his red hands, which actually <laughs> cannot hold his red lantern. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of red going on here, but... Uh, you know, maybe we're it. just being too picky. Maybe. But, you know, maybe. like, I, as I said before, earlier, I, I am conscious of the fact that I know that it, this is harder than we realize, and that it's easy to be armchair critics and uh, to, you know, <laughs> cut it a bit, a bit too picky. So, but I just, I don't think that this is an example of that. I don't. No, I'm struggling to understand it myself. <laughs> I, I'm not a I'm not a current reader of comics, and I don't know. But Ben mentioned before, I think it was off here that Red Lanterns don't actually need lanterns to um, use their powers, but. Having said that, well, John, pop can... one in then. Well, yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I was leading to. <laughs> oh, sorry, Justin. If, if it's there, I mean, why, why is it there? Worth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, just I... so bizarre, isn't it? It's... It is. Yeah, I feel it, I feel it... bad. I know that you know, one of our uh, regular listeners often comments that you know I, I wish that there was more good DC stuff out there for you guys to be talking about at the moment instead of giving Mattel the red card for their DC stuff every week. Um, <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, it is just, they're just out there. And um, the reason that this came up was that there was, uh, in one of the preview articles for the, the sites that get these beforehand, there was comment um, made about the fact that fans have asked from the time that this first was shown, whether or not he could get an open hand to hold that lantern, and that Mattel, you know, came back and said, sorry, but, you know, we can't. And it's just that kind of thing that, you know, surely somebody's thinking about this stuff. Yep. Well, isn't there a standard response to this type of question about, uh, we can't change it, and it was a four-horseman sculpting decision? Mm-hmm. And... I just, I really struggle with that because I'm picturing these four guys who are self-professed fans sitting around the, the design table and going, okay, guys, we're going to take a standard DC Universe Classics left fist and sculpt those weird knuckles on it so it looks like Atrocitus's knuckles. Yeah. Mm. And the, the difference in conversation between going, okay, guys, we're going to take a standard DC Universe Classics open left hand and sculpt <laughs> some knuckles on it and it's like, at what point did they go, oh, number one is just so much easier than number two. I mean, we're going to have to do ten times the work to take an existing hand and put a couple of, you know, couple of knuckles on it. I mean, seriously, I, I, I uh, feel free to explain because I just don't get it. Yeah. There's been some, you know, plenty of preview photos on, on the various websites and you've got this photo of Atrocitus with this closed fist on his left arm and they've got his lantern hanging over his arm, like it's hanging over his forearm. And it looks ridiculous. It, it looks like, you know, grandma's off to the shops with a handbag hanging over her arm. I mean, you know, why have the lantern in the first place? <laughs> Do you think someone taking those photos going, watch this, you watch them all complain about this, will purposely hang this little <laughs> lantern over his left hand? <laughs> uh, it, it really does defy logic uh, when they make these decisions, uh, I just, I don't understand it. 
Um, indeed, indeed. So, sorry, Mattel. Um, yeah, look, we don't have to do this, and, and we're not giving Atrocitus the red card. We're giving Atrocitus' left fist the red card <laughs> of the week. <laughs> That's going to be the most specific red card yet. <laughs> and, you know, I want to be clear, we don't always give Mattel the red card of the week. We do alternate between uh, Mattel and life-size Nazis, so just to be fair. <laughs> it's all about balance. Yeah, it's all about right. Oh. All right, then. Enough about uh, poor old Atrocitus. He's not even out yet, and we're bagging him out. So, um, look, coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. And now you can build your own King Kong with these challenging King Kong model kits. You need no glue, no special tools. Just snap together and paint it, and you have a realistic model of Kong fighting the giant snake. Okay, a discussion topic tonight is would you pay more for more or i guess conversely would you pay less for less uh, these days value for money is certainly a topic that uh, comes up a lot on the action figure forums and sometimes it's about a specific figure or other times it's about an entire wave once it's announced or sometimes even a, a whole line and as fans we we really get any input into how a figure comes about or, or even less about what accessories an action figure might come with but i guess if we did get a say would we be prepared to pay a little more for more or would we pay less for less so guys it's a bit of a broad topic again but let me start things off with something simple and that is alternate heads uh, classic example is DC Universe Classics. There was a lot of discussion around Starman coming with an alternate head, um, an unmasked head and obviously when it comes to things like Justice Society there is the option to have a young and an old. And, yeah, would you guys be prepared to pay a little bit more if you had the opportunity for something like alternate heads? Yeah, I already, already sort of do that with Muscle of the Universe Classic. And it's always good to get the alternate heads, heads, not that they do it with every single figure release, but the ones they have done from recent memory, Fisto, and we just talked about Stinkor before. We can uh, arrange them as classic characters or from the 2002 series. Um, I always like it. I think it's a good added bonus that they pack in. Um, the thing I don't... Well, yeah, that's what I sort of um, base this on at the moment. Those extra pack-ins with Masters of Universe Classics are really a really good selling point. And for the price point we pay, um, it's, it's really nice to have those add-ins when they do come out. Yeah, okay. That's um, that's a great point, Justin. And I guess when you do get those extras with Masters of the Universe, you do feel like you're getting some value for money. But, um, you know, thinking about it as an international collector, we by the time you pay for a Masters of the Universe figure and then you pay for that shipping, it can be uh, an expensive venture. So let me ask you, you know, would you be prepared to lose all those extras if it meant the figures were $5 cheaper? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a uh, it's a nice added bonus, but for me personally, it's not imperative to the purchase of the figure. Yeah. Uh, just a side little track with that. The, the parity at the moment with Australian dollars really helped out a lot of my purchases. Yeah. So yeah. That's another factor that comes into that sort of thing as well. Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah. What about you, Scott? Well, with my you know kind of stance on accessories um being you know i have the the galactus box of unwanted accessories and lost builder figure parts um you know i 
it probably fall more into the I'd rather just have a good solid figure that I can display because I'm not going to change it around anyway. But there are exceptions to that, and that you know, if we're talking about swap out heads, that is one thing that does have more of an appeal to me. Um, if they are, particularly if they are significantly different, like a good example recently, I think of a a really worthwhile swap out head was the DC Direct Dead Man figure from the Brightest Day series, where you have your normal Dead Man head, and then you have the Boston Brand head, and then he also yeah. came with a uh, mask, like a the Dead Man mask limp so that um he could be holding that while he was unmasked and that's the kind of thing that really appealed to me because it's quite a um very different option for displaying the character it basically gives you two different versions you know that to me is a lot more meaningful than say short hair bucky long hair bucky yeah, as an example, yeah. you know, as an option, not so worried about that. But the Masters of the Universe extra heads, I think those have been very worthwhile. So probably, you know, the extra heads would be one of the biggest things that I would be keen to keep being able to pay for and get a bit more with. So you're you're happy to pay that little bit extra for those? For those, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big accessories guy. Weapons, you know, no thanks. Unless it's you know the the essential weapon like a Mjolnir or cap shield, yep, I I would never want to lose those. But ten extra weapons or ten extra sets of hands, that's going to be pretty lost on me. But the extra heads, I definitely uh, want to see in there, and I'm happy to pay a little bit more if I'm getting them. Yeah, it's interesting. Andy, as in co-host Andy, mentioned on the forum that when it comes to the smaller figures, like the six-inch scale figures, that accessories are pretty much non-existent to him as long as, um, you know, a figure who has, say, a mandatory item like Cap's shield or Thor's hammer, as long as they come with that mandatory item, he really doesn't want anything else. But then he mentioned that in the larger scale, in the 12-inch, it was actually quite important to him and he really liked the variety that you get with, say, you know, Hot Toys Blade with all those accessories and he said it was more than worth the, the purchase price and he, he would prefer not to sacrifice that for a drop in price. So it's interesting just on scale, people have different opinions. Well, I think that that's, um, yeah, very relevant because obviously... You're, if you go to a 12-inch scale to a Hot toy scale, well, you're expecting that. And I think that actually that scale that the extras really do enhance that because you know they're more meaningful. They're not little tiny bits of plastic that are just going to get lost somewhere. It usually comes with something that you can store them in and, you know, and keep them. So I'm much more prepared to pay for them at that scale than, say, a three-and-three-quarter figure with a whole whack of accessories uh, is probably not going to be a huge winner for me. Um, but again, you know, it very much depends on what the piece is um, as to whether or not it's worth the money to me. Okay, well, yeah, we had some interesting comments online. Uh, interestingly, uh, I think there's a lot of jaded collectors out there because uh, a lot of the discussion sort of became about you know, companies talking about their bottom dollar, I guess, and that uh, a drop in price will never equal, um, you know, will not be justified. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know. But one thing, um, Gardner Grail mentioned that if, for example, they made something like the Sanders Vigilante character, 
um, who, you know, was often riding a motorbike. And, you know, how do you then get that signature motorcycle? I guess Ghost Rider falls into that as well. And while we've been spoilt in the past with things like Marvel Legends, um, I don't think we're going to see that again. So um, if you had a character who does have a signature accessory that is significant, like a motorbike, uh, would you be happy to get the figure without the motorbike for sort of the regular way price or would you be prepared for example to get it as a deluxe figure and and pay that little bit more mm. well you know, i think um metron and his chair is a really good example of that in that the the if you go back to the dc direct new gods figures which was a, a fantastic line you know the one complaint that people had about that was look how can we have metron without his chair because you know the guy doesn't stand up he is um, that that's how he's seen, and uh, Mattel has definitely picked up on that, and you know gone the extra mile, and people are prepared to pay for the chair because it's such an essential part of who the character is. So I think that's an example where you you would definitely say, yeah, I'll pay more for that to get the character with what I think it needs to have to actually be the character. Yeah, I agree with it. Yeah, it's it's like you said, it's imperative uh, to the character, such as Ghost Rider. And, and I didn't even really think about it with the re-release of the Ghost Rider we got in the new newly released Marvel Legends line that we actually didn't get a motorcycle. That's I, right. I actually didn't think about no, it I didn't either. until you just said that. Yeah. So that's um, you're right. We probably won't see the likes of having that again unless it's released in some sort of deluxe uh, form as well. So, yeah. Pretty yeah. good point. That that wave of figures in Marvel Legends, the Legendary Riders um, series, was kind of famous because those items came in place of builder figure parts. Mm. Yep. And so we got all those accessories, and I mean, some of them were pretty crap. But um, uh, you know, if you also think back to Wave Five, we got Blade, but we also got Blade's motorbike. So yeah, um, that that was pretty good value for the you know back then. All right. Well, what about, for example, the Marvel Select? Uh, Marvel Select are, are well known for having significant pack-ins with their figures. Um, you know, we've we've seen things like you know Colossus coming with a, a huge part of the Danger Room. I mean, it really is. Uh, even though the piece is hollow, it's still a significant sized piece. Um, I mean, you know, Scott, you're a, a fairly um, fairly voracious Marvel Select collector. I was worried about what you were going to say there. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to pick the right adjective. um, Would would you like to see the price point drop and just do away with those accessories altogether? Look, for me, definitely. I think that that was part of the uh, catch of the line. That's not the right word I'm looking for. Um, One of the things that the the line was kind of hanging on was look this is a bit more detail you've got your diorama bases etc but particularly now that they've gone from just looking at individual characters to team building like the x-men um i i don't have the space to display those the marvel select packages are huge to begin with so you're you're particularly when you're talking about international shipping i'm paying a lot more to get that figure over here because the package is so big to begin with and if i look at the uh you know the the bases there's only a couple that I actually use in my display. Something like Magneto's base, which he can stand on, and it doesn't actually take up a great deal more room than the figure would. Um, yes, that works just fine. 
they're great ideas. So if you think about the Marvel Girl uh, figures from a couple of years ago that had the two pieces of the gate to uh, Xavier's School for the Gifted, you know, the Danger Room piece is fantastic. Um, and I think that you would find a lot of people that would say that's part of the reason why they're buying the figure because they're using those diorama pieces to build their display and add something to it that's great i don't have room in my display for those things so to me they're a bit lost on me and the if i look at my display my stuff that's in storage i've got probably about half of a plastic crate full of marvel select diorama pieces so i would but yeah. you know i would i would definitely love to pay a little bit less for the actual figure and just get the figure for most most of those pieces yeah i i have to say that certainly accessories uh my opinion varies oh, i know in the early days of marvel legends they came with um fairly detailed bases things like um you know partially destroyed sentinel pieces and things like that and um to this day i don't think i've ever displayed a marvel unit uh sorry a marvel legends figure on one of those bases um you know i too have a uh, a tub full of that kind of stuff and i'm not a big fan of that um if that is part of the production cost i could easily do away with it uh, i certainly don't have the space to display those kinds of bases um but i don't know if any of you guys were collecting the spider-man series that was coming out sort of parallel to marvel legends no. Yeah, I was, uh, I hate the term, but I was a cherry picker there. So, yeah, uh, as was I. I more often than not grabbed the um, grabbed the villains and that. But, you know, they did some amazing things. I think there was a Peter Parker figure who, who came with one of those, um, we don't have them here in Australia, but one of those sort of sidewalk newspaper dispensers. Yes. Uh, for the Daily Bugle and, yep. you know, a street lamp. And I mean, and I think those kinds of accessories are a lot of fun. And um, could I do it away with them if the price point dropped? Yeah, look, you know, it, it probably wouldn't worry me if I didn't get them. But it's the sort of thing that if um, you know, I am paying a few few more bucks for, uh, I really do like getting something like that that's, that's usable, I guess, in dioramas or, or something like that. Mm. So... Yeah. Always make jealous of uh, wrestling collectors, you know. They get uh, <laughs> they, they get garbage bins and and uh, dumpsters, ladders, all kinds of stuff. They do. Then the chairs. The yeah, yeah, they get some great stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the things that um, engineer nerd said that uh, our buddy John mentioned was that. Um, he would rather sort of pay a little less for the figures, but. Um, um, he mentioned that he, you know the idea of accessory packs, and I guess they've done that a little bit with uh, Master of the Universe, hmm. um, the Master of the Universe line. Yeah. So you know if you've got those kind of things that you'd like to pack in, instead of packing them in with you know each figure, why not just sort of package them into its own sort of accessory pack and, and just sell that as part of a wave? You know, is that the sort of thing that you guys would look at? I, I, well, in my collecting, I already have a lot of the Master of the Universe uh, classic weapons and, and the pack-ins as well, but like you guys say, most of it gets stored away into plastic tubs as well. The accessory packs that have been released with Masters of the Universe classics, I've skipped because I really don't need more more weapons than what we get. They're pretty generous in, in their weapon giving in the, 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 classic, the classic series because you do... Pay a, a little bit extra, but um, uh, I 
No, it, it wouldn't really interest me at all. As long as as long as the, the figures are getting what they what they're known for, you, we always mention Thor and and yeah. uh, Cap Shield. If, if those basic things come in, I'm more than happy. Yeah. If, if you looked at you, a a line like Masters of the Universe Classics though, and said right instead of having a number of packing accessories or pieces for each one, we're going to release them in these packs and you can decide whether you need them or not. That's I would prefer that because to me, I'm not going to you know display or, or swap things over and display and we don't want to get too much back into the just in the accessories discussion again. Uh, but I think it's good yeah. if that option is there, something like a weapons pack. I think it's a great idea for those people that really – want those options but i'd rather not have to pay for those in my figure that i'm getting every month because i'm not going to use them unless they are the basic pieces so i think they are a, a good idea i you know having said that one thing that um i would definitely consider is something like uh green lantern constructs or power bursts or you know flame yeah. flame bursts that sort of thing i think that would be uh something that i would pay happy happy to see in packed in with my figure and pay a bit more for or to see in something like a weapons pack style uh box that's something i'd definitely go for yeah yeah. yeah, look, I actually think that, you know, the more I think about that, I, I think it's certainly a way that you could please everybody because, you know, those people who aren't interested in that sort of thing, they could buy the bare bones figure. Um, the price point is just that little bit less. And for those people who are interested in all the extras, you know, they could pick up the accessories pack. Um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. All right, well, I'll throw over to the, the most obvious one uh, of all, and, and that is the... CNC or the builder figure. Um, you know, are you guys a sucker for a, a builder figure? Yes. Personally, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not just builder figures, but also, um, you know, builder diorama pieces like the build your own Hall of Justice that came with the Young Justice sets. You know, that that's the sort of thing that, um, yeah, I'm definitely in for and happy to pay that little bit extra for, for sure. Much rather have that yeah. than a diorama piece or, um, you know, even uh, – oh, cause the other thing we haven't really talked about that is stands or, you know, just, just this kind of plain display bases as well. Um, but I'd mm. much rather have the builder figure piece than any of that. Yeah. What yeah. Are you... yeah, definitely. I thought uh, when, when, when BAF first came out, I thought that was a fantastic idea. And the price point we were paying back then – Oh, that was that was a huge added bonus. Yeah. yeah, getting an extra figure for the price of whatever it was in those days, six or seven to make the wave. Yeah, I think certainly the the, the builder figure is a a devilishly clever idea. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's been any number of times where I've looked at a wave and gone, yeah, it's okay, but then the Builder figure has completely sold me on it. Um, and I think the new Marvel Legends um, are the classic example. Uh, both those Builder figures were superb, and yes. I probably would have barely even picked up half the wave if there was no Builder figure. So Yeah. Um, Big so Firm, the best Builder figure ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. it just goes to what you're saying, you know, that the... It, Maybe the the wave of figures wasn't so great, yeah. uh, but that BAF was not one to be to be passed up. Oh, that absolutely! Hulk, that Hulk's had some stinkers in it. Yeah, yeah. there's basically yeah. almost a whole wave of figures that I own just because of that amazing builder figure. Although I have to say, yeah. you know, funny story with those, I totally missed out on that 
wave whenever it was at retail or online, but then they just suddenly showed up en masse, this is you know, going back quite a few years now, here in Australia at Aldi. Uh, and my my dearly beloved wife, um, who's gotten quite a few mentions this episode, and I've always called her dearly beloved, so I hope I get credit for it, um, actually was um, working at home with babies at the time and actually made a trip around Canberra going to different Aldis to find all of the different figures in this way for me so that I could build my Fing Fan Foom. That's yeah. that's a really nice story. <laughs> I, I, um, when I first heard about that, uh, it is it is it, to be to be that involved. I think that's that's a really nice story. But um, I had a dragon man. This is probably off, off subject a little bit. But I had a dragon. Well, we man never do that. Wings. So <laughs> yeah, no. So when when we heard that that was coming up at Aldi, ran straight down there because <laughs> yeah. we have one very close, and now I had wings for my dragon man. Wow. Yes, it's um, yeah. I, I did much the same thing with those figures. I can remember someone at work showing me and said, you know, in a catalogue and saying, you know, what some junk mail and saying, you do you get these? And I thought, holy crap! And I looked at the uh, the day, and I actually I couldn't get away from work for when the store opened. And I can remember saying to my mum, you know, are, are you going to be down there? And she's like, why? And I said, can you get me these? And she's like, really? Okay. <laughs> she goes, which ones do you want? And I said, look, you know, there's seven or something and I said just grab one of each and uh, and she did and uh, I there's actually one not far from where I work and so um, Nick aka Tyrock and I we, we raced up to um, the one at lunchtime and I ended up uh, picking up a couple of Doc Samsons just for um, for customs custom fodder and uh, um, if you're sort of familiar with with Marvel uh, at all that the the character of the Wendigo is actually um, anyone can become a Wendigo so it's it's kind of like an army builder type one so I think I've now got about six Wendigos <laughs> so, <laughs> is that all like that? yeah they they were ten dollars each when they were retailing in Toys R Us for thirty. So um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. Mm. It's a fantastic example of you know the kind of thing that we're talking about. Where yet yeah, we will pay for good inclusions. You know, we'll buy figures to get the piece if it's worthwhile. I don't think many people would do that for uh, a diorama piece or a weapon, but you know, we'll do it for. Uh, to build something um, is a you know, a great catch, and I and I kind of miss that idea of um, even though we're getting oversized figures in Club Infinite Earths, I kind of miss that you know build a figure concept because it's part of the fun of actually getting the figure is at putting those pieces together yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's the fun thing we sort of went over. It's it's actually fun. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've talked about you know more for more and less for less uh, as far as actual you know packing quantity. So we're talking actual additional plastic and that sort of thing. But what about if a series of figures showed you know incredible sculpting, phenomenal paints, um, but the price point was significantly more than what you'd say pay for an average um, six-inch figure? Um, you know, are you likely to be sort of sucked into something like that or do you sort of draw the line at a certain price? Um, I'd probably draw the line at a certain price. I think if, if, if anything, we can find out if, if uh, products are painted en masse 
you know, there could be that always. There could be a um, uh, sort of a failure to have figures exactly the same across the board. Yeah. Um, in saying that, so I'd probably draw the line at, at the price point myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I'm probably pretty much there too because I, I'll give you an example. Um, I've seen in a number of places uh, the Play Arts Kai, Batman and Joker uh, figures, um, yeah. the Arkham Asylum yeah. figures that are highly detailed and you know highly articulated uh, figures but still pretty much you know, in the same scale, maybe a little bit taller than... Um, you know, the figures that, that we collect. And I, I I probably will end up with the Batman just for, you know, kind of novelty purposes because it is a great-looking piece. But I don't, I don't know that I could justify spending that much for a whole, you know, set or team or universe of figures um, still just at that scale because it's yeah. obviously, you know, yeah. we're talking... I mean, over here they're running seventy, eighty dollars, and so you know that's that's um, you know three or four regular size. I mean, sorry, regular priced figures. Uh, I don't know if I can yeah. justify you know the price, and you could almost buy a a mini statue for that. Yeah, and I, I think one company that that always I seesaw backwards and forwards is Revoltech. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you look at some of those figures and you go, wow, that's just fantastic. And then you look at the price and go, yeah, it should be for that price point. And, you know, I, I just can't pull the trigger on a six-inch action figure that's, you know, super articulated. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And I had a look, we, we obviously threw these topics out to our, our usual sort of fora and down on Facebook um, – commented that and said you know he'd be happy to to pay extra for sort of packing bits that you know maybe make up a vehicle or or even um alternate heads that give you different facial expressions mm. you know, so you can sort of choose and hey we could get rid of that you know that uh, alan scott angry face for a, a more sedate pensioner face but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah he he actually finished off his post with you know funny thing you know do you remember when um, ninja turtles were 4.99 and they were jam-packed with extras <laughs> he said mm. you know ah nostalgia <laughs> little brown whippets yes that's yeah. right there's yeah, definitely little yeah. throwing stars <laughs> yes definitely lots of support on the discussions that we started for the build a figure concept number of different people um commenting on that like at the action figure blues forum a fellow called erex who you know says he's an absolute sucker for the build a figure gimmick as long as it means there's an extra actual figure to be built but then on the other hand i loathe bulky gimmicky accessories um that most companies seem to be putting in with the figure nowadays so you know we it sounds like you know we don't just want more for the sake of more it actually matters mm. what, what the more is matters a great deal yeah and i noticed um big raj also mentioned that um he the only reason he committed to the new Marvel Legends was because the builder figures were just characters that he really, really wanted and they were also well executed. And hmm. he said, you know, given that you know, he was almost broken by, the, you know, the fact that they're fast approaching $20 because, you know, we're never going to see a time again where a, a series of figures are well-priced and come with builder figure pieces that build a, you know, giant mutant hunting sentinel robot. Mm. Um, you know, those days are gone, and so the prices creep up and, and the value seems to, to sort of drop. So, yeah, maybe it's a little bit of sort of 
living off nostalgia. (laughs) Not that we ever do that. All right, well, that was another diverse discussion topic. And once again, we can see that uh, certainly different people have different opinions and uh, that's the sort of thing that we like because we we do enjoy discussing the backwards and forwards and the whys and the wherefores. But, uh, look, we'll wrap up the discussion topic for this episode and uh, we'll come back in a moment with some feedback. Beware, the mutant-seeking sentinel. Target identified. Mutant apprehended. Mix it up, big boy. My adamantine claws will get rolled back. I've always had trouble with man. My optic blast will give him trouble. Firing projectile arm. Now, Sentinel, you will be defeated. Sentinel robot playset and X-Men action figures. Each sold separately. Before we finish off the show, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out so anyway justin you have our first piece of feedback tonight so over to you okay the first piece comes from andy i'm not too sure what where the source was from not not to be confused with any of the other andys that we have this was a this was actually a comment that was left at the website okay all right so it reads hi guys enjoyed the discussion on classic versus modern There's been a lot of chatter similar to this with the recent DC Mattel woes. I believe these classic properties could be viable if DC did a better job exposing them to the masses. This is a quote from a fellow toy blogger, Daniel Lynch, on his site, itsalltrue.net. Okay, and it reads, I'm not going to excuse Mattel, but I have to wonder how much better off we'd be if DC could successfully market its secondary characters. If DC had been able to position itself as Marvel has. Remember, in the toy world, it's all about units moved. If Mattel could sell more DC figures, the figures would presumably be better. I am frustrated with Mattel, but I'm really frustrated with DC Comics. DC's inability to market itself is what has brought about the relaunch in the comics. DC's inability to market itself is why Mattel has been reduced to selling figures online directly to consumers while Hasbro is pumping out two scales of comic-based merchandise for Marvel. Okay. Mm, interesting. Yep. Mm, and I think there's a final comment there from Andy where he says maybe we can bring it up. Oh, follow, yeah, yep, sure. So. It just goes on to read. Maybe, yeah. we, maybe you can bring this up in a uh, follow-up next episode. Love the show. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, I don't know if I totally agree with that um, comment from Daniel Lynch, our esteemed friend and colleague, because yep. um, I, you know, I think that you know, look at, uh, go go watch Batman: Brave and the Bold, and tell me that DC is not putting its secondary characters out there uh, when you can watch Commandy and Buana Beast in a you know in a current animated series. You know, go look at Justice League Unlimited. And you know, see the number of characters that are there. I I think that, um, you know, it, it's just it's the market and where the market's at at the moment. And you know, we do we do have to look back on DC Universe Classics as a whole and look at the number of characters that they have covered, the number of characters that they brought that you know had never had an action figure before. You know, that's it's significant. It is not. Um, yeah, I don't know if I totally agree with that. 
Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, Marvel actually only managed to get about 15 waves of Marvel Legends out before that was cancelled, whereas Mattel got 20 of DC mm. Universe classics. Yeah. So, um, And, look, DC do okay in things like Justice League Unlimited. I know the line is pretty much, you know, dead in the water now, but, gee, we got some diverse characters in that. Oh, yeah. Certainly. Yeah. And I'm talking about the, the cartoons, yeah. you know, as well, that... The, the shows themselves, like it's not that DC is saying, no, you can only have our top tier characters for any of these properties. They are putting out those obscure, you know, or um, lesser known characters there, I think, fantastically, if you look at their animated output over, you know, the last 10, 15 years. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if a lot of it just came down to. The licensing costs. I wonder whether DC Universe Classics, when you take into consideration the, the cost of the license from DC, the the tooling to get the figures sculpted, the number of units that they get produced, because I'm assuming that it's the sort of thing where the more units you get produced by the Chinese factory, the cheaper they probably become. Um, and I wonder if it's just a combination of all of those things just not making... You know, but um, it's also yeah. that the, like they, in order to be able to continue to produce these, they have to have uptake from the retailers, and your retailers are not sitting there with an appreciation of what collectors want. They're looking at the amount of space that they've got to give to the next set of movie toys that are coming up to yep. you know the next mm. the next uh and not just superhero things but the other licensed properties that they're going to have to make space for and that's all that they care about and so if they know that look next year I've got Avengers toys that are going to take up a, a great deal of space. I've got a new Batman film coming out as well. And then I've got these Young Justice toys that aren't selling. Well, I don't want them anymore. Yeah, and, and that, you know, they don't give a damn that we don't have a six-inch Miss Martian. And so, you know, I'm, uh, you do have to give them some, Mattel, some uh, kind of padding in, in your criticism for the fact that they, they cannot force products on retailers. And I think if... Well, me personally, anyway. That if if Green Lantern had been the smash it, it had promised to be, um, I'm sure retailers were left with a heap of Green Lantern. Uh, it's still uh, there. Figures. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They see something like that, you know. It's it, it's based on on the contest between that and Avengers. I mean, everyone wants to go and see the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the Green Lantern stuff's still out there, and I think that yeah. I mean that's that's a a discussion topic all in itself about just how bad the whole thing is. Um, but, you know, it, that's what they look at. And I think that it goes way back earlier than Green Lantern that we, there's been a number of superhero uh, films whose toys have tanked. Um, you know, Hulk stuff sat there for a long time. Superman Returns, yeah. oh, my God. Mm. You know, I mean, that, that was there forever. And, yeah. that, and that's what yeah. the retailer looks at. They can't just – they don't distinguish between the comic properties and the movie stuff. They look at it and say, we've had this Superman stuff here forever, so, you know, so this DC stuff isn't selling. We don't want more of it. And that, that's, that's yeah. you know, that, that's hard yards. And to give Mattel some credit, you know, when they, they pushed Justice League Unlimited – to for 10 years yeah for 10 years and then still are 
giving us the last couple of characters that we need to have a show complete set, you know, online. But people will still stand back and say that they didn't do enough. So, you know, I mean, I'm more than happy to bash them for characters that can't hold the accessories that they come with. Um, But but I think we have to just be careful that, you know, we, we, we don't just sit in our armchairs and say, you know, if I rule the world when we do not understand the, the full scope of what they're dealing with. Yep. Mm, interesting. Interesting. All right. Moving on then. Scott, you've got something. Yes, we had a, an email at podcast at actionfigureblues.com from Mary, who also has been commenting a bit on Facebook. So hi, Mary. Um, and she says, hey, Scott, and the rest of you, I'm sure. Uh, love the podcast. I'm listening from the States. I'm just wondering if you guys will do a podcast about action figure photography. Thanks for the great work. Well, Mary, thank you very much for that suggestion. We are, uh, we actually map out our discussion topics um, a little bit in advance, and we've put that into the mix as a definite idea. I think that that's a, a really interesting thing that we could uh, spend a good deal of time talking about, so don't be surprised if you hear that soon. And uh, please keep the suggestions coming. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I think the photography is an interesting one because, you know, there are some very talented people out there and I think a lot of people um, may not necessarily have the skills and so bringing some of that knowledge together just to help people out and and get them taking some great photos would be really valuable. For sure, just how to get started. Yeah, I've actually got an idea for something that I think is going to make taking photos of action figures that little bit easier. Uh, It's something that I'm going to build hopefully um, next weekend and I'm going to sort of photograph the the process of building it um, so that I can share it with people on the Action Figure Blues forum. So stay tuned for that. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of episode number 11 of the Action Figure Blues podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to a few of uh, us Aussie collectors rant, rave, praise, and just generally discuss our passion for small plastic people and other assorted things. You'll be able to download future episodes of the podcast by going to actionfigureblues.com and clicking on the podcast tab or, of course, by subscribing at iTunes. And if you do go to iTunes, please take the time to leave us a positive rating and review. Now, we say that every week and you're not doing it, so we're going to be watching this time. <laughs> so while you're at actionfigureblues.com, um, can you I might like... a comment on that, Ben? Sorry. Uh, one thing which I do, which, to be fair, um, the comments only show up in the different regions. Like, there is a different... Um, page for the podcast for iTunes Australia than for iTunes US Um, and I have managed to look at the US um, side and there are more reviews there than what we can see on the Australia side so you know thank you very much to those people who are doing that Um, and who knows there might be other country versions as well that we might have reviews on that we'll never get to see there might be someone in Zimbabwe who loves us but (laughs) Um, so yeah but please do keep on um, going to your version of iTunes and uh, saying nice things about us we really do appreciate it sorry Indeed. Okay, well, I take it all back. Thank you very much, you lovely people. (laughs) All right. Well, there's always room for more. There's always room for more. (laughs) Exactly. Well, while you're at actionfigureblues.com, you might like to check out the reviews and articles there and perhaps visit some of our sponsors like the fantastic Mike S, Big Bad Toy Store and popculture.com who help keep the site running. When we're not podcasting, blogging and other assorted hobby-related activities, you can find us all on the Action Figure Blues forum at afbforum.com. 
Now, here we go. Justin, you post as Night Owl. Scott, you post as Andy. Yep. And I post as Fish Milkshake. We'd love to hear from you with any comments or suggestions for future Toys of the Week or discussion topics, and you can do it by emailing podcast at actionfigureblues.com or by joining the AFB forum and telling us there. You can also follow Action Figure Blues on Twitter, at AFBlues, and like the Action Figure Blues page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. All right, guys, once again, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Ben. Good job. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, we're going to sign out. Once again, it's very late or early, depending on your point of view. And, uh, yeah, thank you again. And signing out, good night. Bye, everybody. Good night. Bye. Bye. See ya. like Dexter, um, and they did Lost Figures and you know, a number of things, and they have the Venture Brothers license. Um, the Sorry, I just belched. I don't know if you heard that or not. but I did. I'm sure my microphone <laughs> I heard did. something. Woo! <laughs> I should have gone for broke. We haven't had a dog bark tonight. No, well, Bella's no. not on the show today, so... Yeah. No, <laughs> she's, she's having a break. Poor. <laughs> 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 if people only knew that this podcast is actually all hacked together with, you know, and sticky tape and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, four and a half hours long a little, little bit of glue and <laughs> we only actually say two or three intelligent words at a time and then have to <laughs> paste them together <laughs> okay. uh, oh dear. do you know one thing i have to say about the snowball is it does not have a mute button yes i did notice that that's silly I mean, it's, it's great. I love it. I love you, Snowball. Um, but but it's just weird that it doesn't have a... Um... That's that's from the DVD cover for, you know, everyone. <laughs> Justin, Justin, wasn't, Justin wasn't party to your smutty insinuations about the name of my microphone. I got it nevertheless. Anyway, I think I was going to talk about the Venture Brothers. I don't know how belching for a moment turned into a. Um, you said you love snowballing. Diatribe on gay porn, but anyway. Ah, oh, that's oh. probably where I'm getting it from. Thanks to Quirks. I don't get that yeah, either. Quirks. Ah, oh, of course. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that's that's where I got it from. Okay. I don't yeah, get okay. it, but I actually don't want to. So. Well, red carded is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moment. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to be crass like you guys, and I actually balls that up instead. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry, uh, are you saying that... Five, that, that four, ben... three... <laughs> You're fading out there. Yeah, I can't hear a word. Hello, hello. Yep. Okay. Hi. All right. Five, four, three... No, the reason that well, you can hear a word is oh. because I stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs>
the, the reason so you, you you've got you've Sorry. gone soft again. Am I soft now? Uh. I don't I think I'd like to speak on that subject. No worries. All right. Good to go? Yep. Ready as we will ever be. Okay. Five, four, three. Fucking hell, he's done it again. I did that that one deliberately. (laughs) Just to play with you. Oh, man. I'm going to... Buy some Walking Dead figures and send them to you. Oh, yay! I love free stuff. My dogs need new toys. <laughs> uh.